Hello, fanatics. I'm Dylan Phillips, and welcome to The Fan Attic, the podcast where we talk news and our views on TV, movies, video games, and anything else we want to talk about while we drink copious amounts of alcohol for your enjoyment. Sitting to my right, it's the co-host of The Fan Attic, Alex Hicks. Oh, hey. Wow, that's actually a pretty decent <laughs> intro there. Was it? Yeah, until, until <laughs> the little that? awkward laugh at the end. <laughs> and the hidey ho there. Hidey ho. Off to work. Off to work we go. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, we got a good one for you guys today. We've got a lot of topics to talk about. So, Alex, why don't you take it away? So, we'll start off with the news, um, where we talk about the uh, topics of the week that interested us the most. Um, so, our first topic of conversation is Adele and Beyonce at the Grammys. Yes. Yeah, so, this was interesting. It happened right after we recorded our last episode, so we couldn't really talk about it, but we're going to talk about it now. And so essentially what happened was Adele won Album of the Year at the Grammys, and when she went up to do her acceptance speech, she talked about Beyonce, and she said that she didn't deserve it, Beyonce deserved it, because she believed Lemonade was a monumental album and a huge inspiration for everybody. And I think that the news coming out of it is a lot of people are looking into it a little too much, talking about the semantics behind it, believe that Adele should have just accepted the award instead of making this controversy. What do you think? I Okay, so I unfortunately didn't get to watch the Grammys, which was heartbreaking for me. But um, I remember when Adele's album first came out and people were saying, you know, she's really in there for album of the year. But she's, I mean, when did this come out? It was It was way before. So there was a lot of stuff that could have happened between then and the Grammys. Um, and I remember thinking, yes, album of the year, Adele, yes, because I just loved her album when it came out. Um, and I think as artists, we have a tendency to be our biggest critic and really belittle ourselves. So I think there was a little of that in there where it's so hard to be proud of your own work and not be critical of yourself. So I think it's a little of that. And and also, as an artist, being inspired by other people is such a huge piece. And you um, you can't be an artist without being inspired by others. So I think, I think it was partially maybe, you know, not quite putting her work out where it, where it deserved to be because she's an incredible songwriter, an incredible musician, and then also being so in awe of somebody else in their work. So... I, I don't think this should be made into a big um, public, you know, debacle. I think it's artist to artist and, you know, somebody else has done something incredible and I'm so in awe of that and how did that not become, you know, the best album of the year and then, you know, just just a not, not enough appreciation for her own work, which is also, you know, really deserving of, mm-hmm. of uh, you know, that award. So I... You know, that's 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 my thoughts on it. That was really deep. Thanks. Yeah. I feel <laughs> I like you tra- should write a self-help book. Wasn't trying book, to be that deep. <laughs> a self-help book for artists, and it should be called Artist to Artist. Artist to Artist. <laughs> All right. So okay. the second piece of news this week is an article that I read online, and it has to do with the fact that people believe that the movie theater system, the model that they use for movie theaters is dying. And essentially what it is is that they believe that movie theaters are overpriced. They think that uh, tickets and concession is just through the roof. And with the turnaround of movies coming out much sooner to DVD and to uh, download, people might as well just wait to download them four months later rather than Mm -hmm. spend the copious amounts of money that they have to. And 
there's there's controversy there with some people believing that the system's going to change. Some people believe that the system's going to die. What do you think? I think with any form of art, it's always fluid. Mm-hmm. And I think the same debate happened with, with the, within the music industry. And at a certain point, I was sitting in my music courses in college, and teachers were so disheartened with the industry they were saying there's no money in it why are you even in school for this go home i literally had a teacher who was going to bring her husband in to tell us how pointless it was to be musicians um and the thing is it's not dying Mm -hmm. people always want movies people always want music people always want art but creators artists have to change with the times and be innovative and and adjust and adapt and i think you know the same thing that happened where musicians were saying i can't make any money because nobody's buying my cds anymore but now all of a sudden kids are going out and buying records and buying music online again it's it's this ebb and flow of we buy it one day we don't the next and it's always going to be difficult and there's never going to be a steady stream of income but you just got to adapt with the times like and i think it i think it creates more of a culture where smaller artists and smaller filmmakers and smaller directors can bring their art to light and it gives them more room to grow because there's a huge um, online community that will download their work and watch their work whereas before it was just the blockbusters that people would see so i think it while yes it's going to take some money out of the pockets of big directors and big filmmakers it's going to make a little room for the smaller directors and smaller film companies mm-hmm. so you don't think that the industry is dying i don't think the industry is no. dying i think the industry is just changing and i think going to see a movie is now more of an event than an everyday happening mm-hmm. i i go to a lot of movies i yeah, go at least once do. a week for for review purposes and then on top of that i see them with friends and family mm-hmm. and i'd have to say that it definitely is quite overpriced mm-hmm. um i i always want to have popcorn and a drink with my movie and it ends up being with a ticket base price maybe 30 bucks and that that's a lot a month so i i wish that they would put down the pricing i feel like it's so expensive because of how much marketing and advertising money they put into it and so Mm -hmm. they need to make the money back somehow so that they don't go broke and so they have to they have to stay in the green and they uh yeah i think that these movie theaters are scared of bringing the prices down because they don't want to lose money but they're losing money because they're too overpriced and people have opted to do other things like it's cheaper to get a netflix netflix um, and chill yeah it's cheaper to do that it's so much cheaper but it's but it's also a different uh scenario and atmosphere because you've got you're going to a movie and you're watching something on a huge screen with terrific audio and you're surround sound yeah and you're surrounded by people who are giving you their own feelings and thoughts as the movie's happening like if you're watching a movie with a hundred people in a theater for the first time and a huge shocking twist happens you're gonna hear all these people shriek or uh or just awe and excitement whereas when you're watching it at home with speakers or headphones it's not the same thing you're all mm-hmm. alone you're watching on a tiny screen like it's a big difference and, and so it's not the event with the popcorn and you're actually getting out of the house and dressing up and not in your sweatpants so it is yeah. you know what are we gonna do for dates if the movie theater is no longer yeah. open we have to talk to each other <laughs> so i think the uh i think it's not necessarily dying i just think yeah. that it's changing in a way that people see it as negative but i think that it's gonna 
it has to go down to go up. You just have to find a way to adjust and and uh, the arts are so fluid mm-hmm. again and I think that um bigger companies may take a harder hit. Mm-hmm. Like with the music industry, bigger re- record labels took a harder hit than smaller record labels that could sustain it and saw f- people downloading free music for free as a way to get their name out there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's just going to be a big change and people have to find a new way. And then maybe movie theaters will come back with a vengeance in a couple of years from now, Yeah, the way that records came back with a vengeance. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Maybe we'll talk about that in a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So our next topic is some possible speculation, possible speculation, some speculation about the the Last Jedi. Yeah. So do you want to say it or do you? No, you got you. All right. So uh, there's been speculation. We uh, we know kind of what's going to happen with Rey in the movie because at the end of the last one. Uh, she meets up with Luke, and if that's a spoiler for you, man, go watch this movie. Like, go watch Force Awakens. <laughs> it's been, it's been out for, out for long for, enough. Yeah. Go watch the freaking so, movie. I don't need to say spoilers here, but um, yeah. So we know where Rey is. We know that she's probably gonna tr- train with Luke, kind of like how Luke trained with Yoda and Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't really know where the rest of the characters were gonna go, and so two big question marks are Poe and Finn. And now we've gotten some speculation as to what Finn's story is going to be. And essentially what's going to happen is they believe that he's going to infiltrate a super star destroyer that's above a red planet that's supposedly the uh, home base of the First Order. And he's going to impersonate an Imperial officer and go aboard this ship and attempt to destroy it with some explosives. And I've heard some speculation on top of that that they're going to try and do another Stormtrooper cameo, similar to the one that they did with Daniel Craig in Force Awakens, and they've been saying that it might be Tom Hardy, which would be kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I I don't know exactly if these are the like very specific details and how much we've actually heard. Um, I don't know if this is only going to be part of the movie and his arc of this movie, or if it's going to be his entire arc for this movie. What do you think? I think that we've seen this before. You know, the, um, the we're going to sneak aboard the ship, dress like stormtroopers, and then we're going to blow it up. And then we're going to escape in the nick of time. But I really like... No, where Finn's- have we seen that before? <laughs> I really like Finn's character. I think it's something different. You know, I like the conflict between, you know, he was a stormtrooper and now, you know, he kind of woke up from the from the hypnotic I don't know, pull of the empire and he didn't want to be a part of the resistance. He just wanted to get the frig out of there. Mm. And then the same sort of thing happened with Han, I guess, but I think with Finn instead of emphasizing the relationship between Han and Leia, they emphasized, you know, his, his character and his, you know, pull to do the right thing. So I'd like to see some more of that push and pull of his character. I think that'll add a lot of dynamic to the film, even if the storyline is something that we've already seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I think that they need to add a little bit more there. I think um, if they're doing the stuff with, ray and luke and it's going to be very similar to the stuff that happened in empire with yoda and they might cross paths with kylo ren because you need to have lightsaber duels at some point and hopefully they have that i wanted them to do something where it's like a buddy cop situation with finn and poe like the the dynamic between those two and force awakens was (laughs) great the amount of things that i've seen online on tumblr and other stuff about the relationship between those two is just 
I would love to see more of those two together. And how you mm-hmm. do that is do a buddy cop thing where they're going to retrieve something to help the rebellion. Yeah. And I feel like that's what they could do instead of reverting to this cliche thing. Like a lot of people had a lot of quips about um, The Force Awakens and saying that it was very similar, in fact, too similar to A New Hope. And yeah. with the way that they're doing this already, Ray's going to be training with Luke and he's going to the Death Star. Like that, I mean, to the Super Star Destroyer, this is starting to become very similar to Empire. Yeah. And so, are we? Does that mean? Can that, we do something yeah, new, guys? Exactly. Please. And, and I mean, <laughs> don't wreck they this. didn't do something new for episodes one through three, but a mm-hmm. lot of people didn't like those movies. Yeah. So, are they relying too much? Is Disney relying too much on the success of four, five, and six to try and make seven, eight, nine just as similar to those, but giving them just enough uniqueness to give the audience what they want, rather than giving them something more that we didn't expect? And I think the good thing about the new films is that the character development is mm-hmm. there and and the the characters are more dynamic they're more real um so i think you do at least have even if the plot isn't so great those characters really do carry the films but i, I mean so i i want to see something different i don't want to see them blow up another ship just because that's exactly what they do well, in every film the funny thing there though is like rogue one did the exact same thing in a but way was, like they blew it up but it was still yeah did it they own did it in a it. new way so, yeah um but there was still a lot of parallels and a lot of similarities with with rogue one and some of the older films so i'm i mean this new reveal doesn't doesn't tell me a whole lot. Yeah. But it's still interesting to hear some little pieces come out about the film. Yeah. And the, the other piece that we wanted to talk about to do with The Last Jedi was the fact that a lot of people have been speculating as well if Jedi in this sense is singular or plural. Mm-hmm. However, it, news broke of the title being released in France. And it is, in fact, plural based on how they have written the title mm-hmm. on the French posters. So that's exciting. It means that we we can rest assured that hopefully les jedis yeah. so we we can yeah. rest that and be well aware that, that we hopefully yeah. will have ray and luke in episode nine yes yeah okay and the final pieces of news that we're going to talk about are going to just be very quick ones mm-hmm. the first one is that pewdiepie who everyone knows on youtube yeah. uh has been uh removed from his disney maker studios uh contract and so basically he posted a bunch of anti-semitic videos and it's just been going downhill for him from there i mean he got kicked out of disney maker studios which is uh, a youtube company that's owned by disney uh now youtube has in fact decided to pull back on some uh projects that they're doing with him Mm -hmm. and it's it's not looking good i and, just, and whether or not it was taken in the wrong context, it was just a really lame thing to do. Yeah, I think he was really trying to push the boundaries. It wasn't funny. It wasn't tasteful. Well, he's doing one of those things like where crap. people say pranks are social experiments, yeah. where it's just pushing the boundaries to see what people... Because we're curious as people, right? But we also but we don't stuff. need honestly in the climate that we have right now. Oh, we yeah. don't need any more negative. Yeah, but but they're things. still going to do it because people yeah. will search that stuff up because they people like it. looking at controversial random stuff. And the other piece of news is we've been talking about the DC universe Mm -hmm. and how basically they are screwed. Well, guess what? They are now even throwing, what, uh, tons of gas on the dumpster fire of the DC universe because Batman is screwed. First of all, Ben Affleck's out as director. 
We already talked about that. Then they were trying to get Matt Reeves to come in as director. Well, guess what? Matt Reeves is out as director. And Bat Ben Affleck doesn't even want to be Batman anymore. The Flash like, script how is screwed. Like, bad does this film have to be that everybody yeah. is turning and running yeah. away from this film? So I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah. th they're trying to sell us on how great Aquaman's going to be when, in fact, Aquaman is probably one of the lesser of the Justice League characters. Yeah, he's not, like, the greatest character. Yeah. And Nobody wants to be Aquaman for Halloween. No. And, uh, no, but, and on top of that, Wonder Woman's coming out in June. So yeah. I feel like the entire DC universe is hinging on that. I really hope that they do her justice. I, I, yeah. I think that would be a... If they do her justice, maybe she'll be in a league of her own. <laughs> and on that note... On that note, that's the end of our news. So next up is Take It or Leave It, a rapid-fire segment of our thoughts on this week's announcements and upcoming releases. Mm -hmm. So... The first one is something that Alex found, so why don't you take it away? So, last week, a trailer was released, I believe it was last week, um, for a cartoon near and dear to my heart, Samurai Jack. So, they left us with season four, with a big, massive cliff cliffhanger, and then, like, ten years later, they're releasing season five. So, that will be coming out in March. It will be on uh, Adult Swim, Toonami. So I am super pumped for that. I'm really excited. So so I assume you're taking it. Yes, I will be taking that. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to be quite <laughs> honest. I never watched Samurai Jack growing up. I <gasps> I mean, it was on Cartoon Network, I'm pretty sure, at the time. Yeah. Um, and I watched, like, Dexter's Laboratory and Powerpuff Girls and just those types of shows just because they were interesting to me. But Samurai Jack, I, maybe it was just on at the wrong time. I just never really got into it. Um. I mean, it sounds like a show that I'd want to watch now, and I watched the trailer, and it looks really cool. I actually thought that they could make either a short film out of it, like a live-action one, or... That's what everybody wanted for a while. Yeah. It was just a, just a, you know, big movie, just to, because we got nothing. It got canceled in the fourth season, we got nothing. No mm. ending, no nothing. I hate when that I happens. was so upset. Yeah. Um, but people just wanted a movie or something just to give us an ending, just to give us some closure, please. But, um, and then there was a comic book after afterwards, but I, I never read it, but um, so that didn't give much closure either. Yeah. So hopefully this new season is supposed to yeah. be the last one. So, so what if this last the... season does something and then like theoretically there's still like this hope that it could continue, but it's done animated and then they move it to live action and they do a short film Ooh. to finish it with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> We've talked about the fact that he kind of looks like He Cole looks Keanu. like him. Oh my God. You look, watch the trailer for Samurai Jack and then watch the trailer for John Wick and like how he looks currently and it's spot on. It's and, close, and Keanu I Reeves guess. doesn't yeah. age, so you can play Samurai like Jack for twenty years. <laughs> yeah, but That'd yeah, be I'd be very like Matrix esque. Yeah, but yeah, I I never watched it growing up, but I'll take it. It's a good, it's a good TV. Show. You should go watch it because yeah. it's really. Well, if good. it's on Netflix, I'll probably jump yeah. on that. But you need to. Uh, so the next <laughs> piece of take it or leave it news is that Jim Parsons, who plays Dr. Sheldon Cooper, has announced that they are in the talks to make a Big Bang Theory spinoff that's going to talk about the younger years of Dr. Sheldon Cooper. Uh, so this is him growing up in Texas with his family. Um, I'm on the fence about this, but right now, if the same woman's going to come back and reprise her role as Sheldon's mom, I'm going to take it. I think that 
Uh, it's an interesting idea for a show. We don't know a ton about his past. I think the uh, dynamic between his parents and his dynamic between him and his father and him and his mother with the religious for science aspect would be really funny. I just don't know how they're going to build a cast around him considering they said that he was basically a loner growing up. Mm. What do you think? Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to leave it for now. <sighs> I love Jim Parsons as... Uh, Sheldon Cooper. I can't get enough of him. I think as a character, he's just something so refreshing and unique. Um, but I, I just, I, I mean, and he has some really interesting stories about his childhood in the show, but I just don't think that mm -hmm. we need more of his younger self. Yeah, no, I, I can understand that. I really like the show as it is. And um, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I've never been, I've never like sat down and said, I'd really wonder what he was like as a kid. Cause he was probably really yeah. irritating. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be quite frank. Not a lot of shows that have spinoffs. The spinoffs are terribly good. And um, what makes the show too, the big bang theory is the whole cast of characters, yeah. not just Sheldon Cooper. It's Leonard and Penny and, and everybody on the show mm -hmm. that makes it good. Not just Sheldon yeah. and everybody who grounds Sheldon. Yeah. kind of brings him back to hi we're we're in reality now sheldon come back down to earth yeah like i'm trying to think of shows right now off the top of my head that are re like really good spin-off shows and there's only one that pops into my head i know that there's probably a couple others people are gonna attack me in the <laughs> comments for this. You for this yeah but the the one show that comes to mind is cheers and the spin-off was frazier and and that's a big one so that's that's Frasier's a successful good. one but then you got full house and fuller house yeah and that's that's the other side of the yeah. spectrum so yeah so you're gonna leave it i'm gonna take it cool uh the next piece of news was that we heard about this last night and mm -hmm. so it has to do with the disney live action universe and i'm super pumped for this they've announced that for the live action lion king movie that young simba is going to be played by none other than donald glover and mufasa is going to be none other than james earl jones i'm gonna take it I'm so pumped. I mean, the fact that they brought Mufasa back for this movie mm -hmm. is so good. I really want them to bring back Jeremy Irons to play Scar just so you have that dynamic again. And I mean, they don't they're not technically in the movie because they're still just using their voices. So, I'm super excited, but I'm hoping that they do that. I'm going to be let down if they don't bring back Jeremy Irons. But the, and Donald Glover's great. He's been in so many good things recently. He's upcoming in so many great films too. I'm pumped. What do you think? I'm confused. As to how we're doing a live action film where there's no people. Like, it's all, <laughs> <laughs> there are yeah. lions and animals, uh, but there are no people. So it's all CGI. So then it's really just the same as animated. It's just a different art form. So that's a little confusing to me. And also, um, so I'm going to take it. But I'm going to take it with a question mark. Yeah. Um, and Donald Glover is a very strange pick for me. Because if you look at his other work, I mean, Childish Gambino for one. And then um, uh, Atlanta. He's not exactly the Disney mm -hmm. actor that I would have expected. Yeah. I, it's a very weird choice. Yeah. But I, I love him as an actor. I love him as a musician. I think he's great at both yeah. but it's definitely a weird pick the thing that i <laughs> the thing that i love about donald glover is he's grown so much mm -hmm. in both aspects because when he broke onto the scene he was troy and community and that's the kind of character i could see him being in the lion king yeah. is troy but then he's also 30 years old so he's not going to be little yeah but it's Simba. it's just so, 
Well, he is supposed to be, though. He's which, supposed to be Baby Simba yeah. as well. He's going to do a baby voice for Baby Simba. Well, I don't think Baby Simba speaks, but... Yeah. Um, but no, like, he went from Community, and then he was in Atlanta, which was great, and now he's going to be Lando in the new Han mm. Solo solo film. So he can do diverse. Yeah, right? and then on the flip side, he went from being this rapper, and now he's starting to do this stuff in, like, his new album, mm. which blew people away. So I'm excited to hear what kind I'm of vocal he brings to I'm super excited to hear the music, Like, yeah. are, is he going to rap? That's what I'm most excited about. Out for all these films beauty and the beast and for the lion king i'd be most excited yeah, for so the music. yeah i'm i'm super pumped i want to hear more about this yeah i'm i'm hoping that it comes out as soon as possible yes um as for the movies coming out this week there are two movies coming out so the first one is called collide and it's an action thriller don't really know much about it to be honest but i do know that it stars nicholas holt and felicity jones um because i don't know much about it and i looked at the trailer i'm i'm gonna leave it I'm going to leave it because I just don't even know what it is. Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks for picking and this one and confusing me. The other film is the big film that's coming out this week, and it is the directorial debut of Jordan Peele of Key and Peele, which is quite surprising considering the content that's in it, and that is the movie Get Out. Uh, I don't need to explain it to Alex because <laughs> I know that she's watched yep. the trailer, and what do you think? Like 85 times. I'm really pumped for this. This is something yeah. new. It's something fresh. I'm excited to see this. It's really weird. I kind of want to know what the heck the girlfriend is doing. Like, if mm-hmm. she's um, in on the whole thing or if she's totally confused and freaking out. So I'm I'm excited to see this film. I'm going to take this like 10 times over because this is something that I have not seen before. I actually didn't think that she might be in on it. That's no. That's kind of... You think she's... Well, she could be, but I, I didn't really think, like, you're thinking that she's, like, helping them bring yeah. people there? Yeah. Like, wow. she's Whoa. the, she, so this pretty young girl, she's luring in all these poor, innocent black men, and then Whoa, that her just, psycho families. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's really dark. Creepy. But that'd be so cool. <laughs> if, that, if that's part of it, I'm yeah. sold, I'm even sold even more, even though I know the, the twist before it's going to happen. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm taking I'm that, taking, too, in yeah. case, in Take case that. I didn't say Take that. Take that. So, so to recap, for Take It or Leave It. The Samurai Jack trailer and it coming out early March, we're both going to take it. Uh, the Big Bang Theory spinoff of Sheldon Cooper in his younger years, I'm going to take it if the mom's there, but Alex is going to leave it. The Lion King casting news, we're both going to take it. We're super pumped. I mean, Lion King's probably one of my favorite, if not my Still favorite Still confused Disney. about that, yeah. the CGI, though. Oh, yeah. And as for the upcoming movies, uh, Collide, both going to leave it, and Get Out, definitely going to take it. So that's it for Take It or Leave It. So you may have wondered why Dylan and I decided to get fancy for this episode. (laughs) So there's a very exciting event coming up this Sunday, the Oscars. So (laughs) we've decided instead of doing our regular take five, that we're going to take a few minutes to talk solely about the Oscars and how excited we are. Yeah, I'm I'm super pumped. It's like Christmas for me. It's yeah. so so much fun. <laughs> the little um, kid on Christmas. Yeah, I'm that person that watches it from start to finish and hopes that I get everything right. Um, a few of our friends are anxiously waiting for Dylan's top pick so that they can um, win a couple of pools. <laughs> yeah. So, so hopefully I'm right, but I mean I I haven't seen enough of the films to be quite honest. Yeah. I mean neither have I. Honestly. Yeah, I've probably seen maybe like a third. I think this is one of the first years where I can honestly say I have don't even know half these movies. Yeah. So. I I know what the movies are and I know what they're about. I just I didn't watch them either because yeah. they didn't interest me or I didn't have the time. But we're gonna try and give you our opinions on why we think the ones that we might have seen or. Or, um, just the ones from uh, like the awards buzz and just what's won awards, why we think those ones might win at the Oscars and why yeah. they might not. So the first category that we're going to talk about is cinematography. Uh, so 
I think I've only seen one of the movies that's up for it, and I'm going to say that it's going to win, and that's La La Land. I think La La Land, out of the five that are nominated, uh, used its cinematography in a way to help uh, enhance the emotion of the film, the deeper mm-hmm. meaning that was coming across. It blended the cinematography of old style of film to give you that classic Hollywood vibe while also giving you the new modern cinematography, and I feel like that's what you need in an Oscar winner. You need something that's innovative, and it was innovative by bringing something from the past and making it relevant again. What do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree, and it was one of those films where I sat in the theater, and I forgot I was in the theater. I was, like, so just in that movie, and the beautiful montage at the end, it Mm -hmm. just crushed me and i was crying tears of joy and sadness it was oh god it was beautiful and the way they there wasn't even any words in this beautiful montage it just told this unique story and all of the emotion was conveyed in just the cinematography Mm -hmm. in the film so i'm you know i my choice would be la la land but i haven't seen any others but Mm -hmm. still la la land (laughs) (laughs) So now we're going to jump from cinematography to visual effects. Mm-hmm. Now, surprisingly, I've only seen two of these, but Alex has seen three. So this is, Have. I believe, the only category that the you've only, seen more than The me. only category yeah. that I've seen more than Dylan, yes. <laughs> yeah, so personally, I think that it's going to be a toss-up between The Jungle Book and Rogue One. I think that both of these uh, movies did something and brought it further. Uh, Jungle Book helped bring forward the realistic animals that we see in movies life of pi started it but jungle book did and this is why we're going to see live action movies like the lion king and on the other side we got rogue one who was able to bring cgi characters of uh deceased actors back and they looked realistic enough and i feel like it's just the first step towards very realistic uh portrayals of dead actors much after they've uh passed on what do you think um uh so for rogue one i really got the uncanny valley vibe Mm -hmm. i and i feel like i'm always the ones of one out of my friend group to come out of the movie and go i can't watch that because their mouths don't move properly it's just they're human but they're not quite human and it really creeps me out it creeps me out so much you don't like androids do you no 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 (laughs) even in video games it really creeps me out um but this was just really on the edge of it looked really realistic but it really freaked me out so um and then the jungle book um for a film that only had one human and the rest of the cast was completely animated i think they did a phenomenal job there was no point in the film where i went that particular cgi or whatever was just way out there and so horrible it reminded me of the hobbit especially with the um um oh god I want to be like you when they did that song. It reminded me the, of... Yeah, uh, the monkeys and orangutans. Yeah, the yeah. monkeys and the orangutans. It reminded me of um, The Hobbit when they had the uh, the Goblin King and the Goblins. And in The Hobbit, it didn't work because you had these ridiculous goblins. They were supposed to be terrifying mm-hmm. and horrible and monstrous. And they looked like they're and they made looked out like of Play-Doh or something. Play-Doh <laughs> Disney characters. Yeah. But in The Jungle Book, it really worked. But it wasn't anything exciting and new. It was just building off of and it was beautiful i'm not undermining the fact that it was beautiful but it wasn't anything fantastic and new and then dr strange 
I'm sorry. I love Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's my celebrity crush, so I have a bit of a bias. But I think also the the visual effects in that were incredible. I mean, you were jumping between different um, dimensions, all like they were all over the place, and there was a very you know Inception esque vibe with some of the fight scenes where the world was turning. It was it was amazing and. Um, some of the scenes where his cape is dragging him around. I mean, I, I think Doctor Strange. I think Doctor Strange. Yeah. After watching that film, I, some some of the visual effects were just phenomenal and mm. unique. I think. I I have a lot to say about Doctor Strange, but I'm not going to say it right now. I it's it's my mainly about the uh, the casting decisions. Yeah, uh, which I can is why I haven't that. seen it. But uh, you're saying Doctor Strange. I'm going to say you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one. I'm saying Jungle Book. I'm going to okay. say Jungle Book. So. Uh, that's what we think for visual effects. Now we're going to move on to costume design. Um, I've seen three of these movies. Alex has seen two of them? Yes, two. Okay, so I think that it's going to be between La La Land and Fantastic Beasts. Um, it's very difficult to pick one because I think Fantastic Beasts did something that Harry Potter didn't do, and that was actually have period piece clothing and like the stuff that Newt wears. Well, it's hard if you're shooting a film in the nineties. Yeah, to have, exactly. I mean, they well, had period I mean, piece clothing for the nineties. Well, they also but... had. They were also in like this magical land, right? Mm-hmm. Like they had the costume design for like Bill Batten and yeah. all the other schools and stuff, right? So it was a little bit different. But uh, Fantastic Beasts was the twenties, and I love period pieces. I yes. think the other one. That, la la land brings you nostalgic old style clothing in the new world and in modern times and it just blends it seamlessly so that everything seems so timeless you can watch these scenes and not know what time period it necessarily is in Mm -hmm. so i i think it's between those two i'm siding more towards la la land though what do you think i think you literally just took the words out of my mouth (laughs) um between all these pieces that are period pieces and that's i mean for costume design you you can't go wrong with a period Mm -hmm. piece it's just like there's so much more exciting stuff that happened in the past because it's not what we usually wear and we not what we usually see um but la la land did this amazing fantastic thing where you have no idea what time period they are until they pull out a cell phone (laughs) like the costumes sometimes you're like did you just step out of the 1940s or and and it just kind of all happens so seamlessly and it doesn't feel awkward or um out of place it just feels natural and seamless so Mm -hmm. i really love i love what they did with the costume design so you're saying la la land so my my pick would be la la land but second up would be fantastic beasts because i love the whole harry potter universe and um i think they did a really phenomenal job with that as well I think with La La Land, uh, I wish I could pull off the clothing that Ryan Gosling wore. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, did try. If yeah, you're looking tried, at our costume yeah. choices, this was supposed to be um, Emma's dress from like the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and this so. is Ryan Gosling when he's dancing out in the... Ryan Gosling slash Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next category that we're going to talk about is we're going to do two back-to-back, and they are the music ones. So we got original score and original song. Uh, I think that original score is going to go to La La Land just because um, you look at the other ones. I've seen three of the movies on the list, and I just believe that La La Land had the overall best soundtrack. I mean, the other ones were good for their movies, but I'm still humming that soundtrack wherever Mm -hmm. I go. It's a feel-good soundtrack, and yeah, that's that's what I think about that. Uh, In terms of song, I think if 
uh, La La Land wins score, I don't think that it's going to win song as well because I think that as an overall soundtrack, it is the best one. However, individually, I don't think so. And I also think the best La La Land song wasn't nominated. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that the theme between Sebastian and Mio is probably better than City of Stars because it was more empowering, especially with it being used in the montage at the end. So I think that Moana will win original song just because it is such a such a more iconic and empowering song for its movie rather than the other ones. And it also gives Lynn the EGOT, which we're all praying for. What do you think? Um, first of all, I think the music is one of the most important parts once most important pieces of a film like without the music you don't quite get the emotion and i think la la land specifically and that's my choice <laughs> did such a phenomenal job and and what a lot of i think film, film composer, composers um strive for um it took this theme it took a couple of themes and it integrated them and wove them into the movie so seamlessly and when you heard a specific theme you it really just pulled the emotions right there and it was a lot like up for me when you hear that theme that piece and anybody who's seen the movie up knows that piece just the the first couple of notes of that song you immediately your eyes start to well up because you know exactly what what the emotion is that they're trying to portray with that theme and they do that with la la land and they they wove that so seamlessly into the film and it's the same sort of thing you get with lord of the rings and with the hobbit and sorry not the hobbit with um harry potter and with up um so i i think they did just such a phenomenal job and and the thing is that for these other films that are nominated i mean i saw passengers and yes the music fits into the film well and the film wouldn't be the same without the music but la la land the movie just wouldn't have been the movie without that music and mm-hmm. it was just i think it worked so perfectly yeah so la la land is my choice and what about for song <laughs> for song again i agree i don't think the 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 um, original song that should have been picked for La La Land is in there. So I'm going to have to say Can't Stop the Feeling Trolls because I cannot get that song out of my head. And Justin Timberlake is a friggin' hero. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that we have some interesting choices there. Yeah. Um, now we're going to move on to writing both adapted and original screenplays. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to give my take on this I don't have a lot quick. to say on yeah. this, so I'm going to let so, Dylan being, ad-lib here. Yeah. So for adapted screenplay, I only saw one of these movies. Uh, it was Hidden Figures, and I think that this film was written really well. I think that it was the mathematician movie that we wanted to see from Imitation Game and The Theory of Everything. Um, it's, I would say, the best math movie since A Beautiful Mind. I think that the characters are so witty and sassy and charismatic. Uh, All of the actresses are phenomenal in this, and they deserve um, nominations for each of them just from how great they were. Um, However, from Oscar buzz in the award season, I think that this is probably going to go to Moonlight uh, just because Moonlight has had so much recognition for what it has done as a movie. Uh, Arrival was considered the best sci-fi of the year. However, I think Moonlight is probably going to take this one. As for original screenplay, I've seen two of these movies, and uh, both of them I highly regard. I think that they're both phenomenal movies, and the uh, writing was absolutely astounding for both of them. 
I'm going to give this one to La La Land just because of how deeply emotional and impactful this is, not only for people in the creative industry, but for people as a whole. Mm -hmm. And that does not happen without the screenplay. The dialogue in this movie, the way that the story goes and flows and how fluid it is and just the deep meaning behind the emotion of these characters. And if you strip it down from the location of Hollywood or the uh, jobs that they're in to anywhere else, it's still relevant because it's the story of compromise and passion and trying to yeah. uh, deal with the conflict between these two things. Absolutely. Sorry, I'm just going to yeah jump in there. And La La Land, it does, for an artist, it does this, you know, it, it rips your heart out because you've felt all those feelings and you felt insecure and you felt like, I can't do this anymore because I'm not good enough. But as just a person, the love story is beautiful and the writing is and their their dialogue is just so real. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, and it, and it grabs you, it kicks your heart in the balls. <laughs> that is the line that I'm going to forever the... say, but it does. It kicks your heart in the balls if your heart has balls. So I really love that film. So you're saying La La Land for that one? La La Land, yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And now we're going to move on to best animated feature. I think I've only seen two of these movies because... I've only seen one. <laughs> yeah. The the animated features tend to help bring in a lot of foreign animated features as well yeah. or very obscure ones. So I haven't seen some of these. The two that I've seen, of course, are the two Disney ones. Uh, a lot of people really like Kubo and the Two Strings. I've heard good things about that one. I've heard really good things about it. I just I don't think that it's going to win over two Disney movies. The fact that there's two nominated, uh, I think that how it hinges on which one wins is dependent on if moana wins original song i think if moana so wins... are you saying the oscars are rigged no <laughs> <laughs> but what i'm saying is uh if moana wins original song i think zootopia wins animated feature and if moana does not win original song i think it'll win animated feature i think like the lego movie um zootopia does such a fantastic job of taking a children's film and making it really great for an adult as mm -hmm. well and i think it does a really good job of um speaking to inequality in the workplace <laughs> i know it's really weird for a disney film but um i mean the main character is a female rabbit who gets ridiculed for being a police officer and told that she can't do her job because she's a tiny rabbit. But I, I think that speaks to a lot of issues in our society right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it talks a lot about how things aren't black and white. And I think that's a hard thing for kids to understand. So it really touches on these great messages for children that things people aren't good and bad and they aren't black and white. They're just a mix of all things. And good people can do bad things and bad people can do good things. And I think it you know it's really deep for an animated film so mm -hmm. i just loved that movie so i'm gonna say zootopia but it's also the only animated yeah. film i've seen so take it with a grain well, you're, of salt you're selling it you're selling it <laughs> yeah so well, thank you <laughs> yeah all right so the next one is best director <clears throat> so i think again i've only ever seen one of these movies <laughs> I'm planning to see two or three of them in the Can't next coming weeks. Can't help you with this one because I've only seen one. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm going to say it. Even if I saw those other movies, it's probably going to be La La Land because La La Land, just without its screenplay the way it is, it's not the same thing without Damien Chazelle directing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that he did a phenomenal job in his directorial debut with Whiplash. That was a great, underrated film. It did so much, and it, it hit 
home so hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this one went above and beyond and even did even more for me. And I, I've seen this movie six times. It's, I keep going back because I love it so much. <laughs> so I'm saying that La La Land's going to win directing. I really love how gritty and raw La La Land is. Like, the dancing is really bad, and the singing is not... I mean, they're not polished, they're not perfect, and it's... I think that's where a lot of the emotion comes from in that film, is that it's raw, Mm -hmm. and it's real, and that's... You know, I love the directing, I love the shots, and and the just the everything i just love that film i love the way it was done and portrayed i don't like the beginning i think that was i mean it takes a while to get into the film but once you're in it you're in it mm-hmm. so yeah i think la la land without having yeah. seen any of the other ones on the list because i really wanted to see manchester by the sea i think the plot is just the plot got me so i don't know if i don't know if the film is good but i yeah I'll, I'll explain that. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to rapid fire the, the four actor and actress categories just because yeah. it's pretty I straightforward. I can't help much with this. So, so I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just going to give my opinion on it. So actress in a supporting role, I think out of the five, I've only seen one of the movies and it was Hidden Figures and I think Octavia Spencer was great in this movie. However, I think based on the how award season is going, it's going to be Viola Davis and Fences just because she gave the most dramatic performance, it seems like. Okay. Um, and she she's a phenomenal actress. I mean, I love mm. her as Annalise Keating and How to Get Away with Murder. So um, I hope that she gets it. She deserves it. As for um, actor in a supporting role, I would love it to be Michael Shannon from Nocturnal Animals because I thought that that was the best supporting character of the year. I loved everything about that character and I would definitely rewatch that movie just for that character. However, I think it's going to be Mahershala Ali for Moonlight just because, again, based on awards, he's been winning them all. Moonlight's been revered as a great, uh, great uh, tale with very deep, relatable themes. So I think based on all that... It, it's probably going to win for its acting. Uh, do you do you have anything to add about those two? I don't. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't seen any of these. Sorry. All right. So actress in a leading role. Uh, this one is a little bit interesting because I've seen two of these movies. However, I think that it's going to probably be Isabel uh, Hubert. I Please think that's how you say her name. Meryl Streep. She deserves it. <laughs> I, I think that, that it's going to be her. Gosh, she's amazing. Oh, she by far and away she she's needs, amazing. But. She's because it's Meryl Streep. I think that, I, but I think for that movie, she's probably not going to win. No. I think she she just needs to find the role. Uh, but what do you mean to find the role? That like, woman is the role. <laughs> but uh, Isabel Hooper won for the Emmy, I believe, um, for, in her movie L, and mm. so it, she blew everyone away with that and big upset. So she's in contention. The other one is Emma Stone, and I think Emma Stone was probably the better half of the couple in La La Land. I really love that scene in La La Land where she's auditioning, and you just, her eyes, they do all of it. They they do all the work. She's auditioning for a role, and she's talking on a cell phone, and her eyes just well up, and I'm like, I don't even need to hear what you're saying. Just zoom in on her eyes, and her eyes tell the entire story. And I think if an actor can do that, that's yeah. that's amazing. See, I thought that so, you were talking about the other audition scene where all I can hear is her lisp and her singing. No, no, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a like and a dislike. There we go. Yeah, I don't um, like her lisp. But, but I have one, so. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's going to be one of those two. If I had to go between uh, the two of them and choose one, I'd say Emma Stone just because La La Land is yeah. seemingly being the front runner for almost every 
every category. However, in terms of actor in a lead role, I don't think Ryan Gosling's going to win just because he is the I lesser. I really liked and him in La La Land, though. More I than know, Emma Stone. I, I really like him, too, and he's very charismatic. His character yeah. is that great narcissist. His but also... character, he gets musicians, <laughs> like male musicians, to a T. And I can say that because I've dated a few <laughs> And that's, oh God, he just gets it yeah. so well. He gets it to a T, so. <laughs> so I'd like him to win. However, based on how award season is going, I think it's going to go to Casey Affleck for Manchester yeah. by the Sea. Um, I have not seen the movie. I don't have an interest in the movie. I think the movie looks bad in my opinion it looks boring it looks very long and tiresome and i've never really the enjoyed casey affleck as great. an actor it's sad. maybe it's if there was different actor different actor in the lead role i, yeah. ju I just don't like you casey don't like affleck. <laughs> yeah. okay. i mean i've rarely liked ben affleck but i deal with him in it's some not instances great for but the afflecks right now <laughs> yeah no they're just well as one falls the other one rises i think they give each other their powers Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I think <laughs> so, that's how it works. So does Casey, is Casey Affleck about to get like a really thick butt chin and some really gravelly... Well, they're, they're going up and down oh, like roller coaster, <laughs> and then you've got Matt Damon just constant at the top. Yeah. Until, until potentially the Great Wall. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> so I, I actually finally saw the trailer for that. Yeah. Oh, oh well, no. we'll We'll have to Sorry, see. Sorry, I just We'll no. have to see next week, maybe. <laughs> um, and finally... The final category, the big category, it's Best Picture. Now, I've seen a third of the movies nominated. There's nine nominated. I've seen mm -hmm. three of them. I've seen one. Um, and I think <laughs> Good job, out Alex. of the three. High five. Self five. <laughs> out of the three, I think that the one that I'm going to pick is the one that Alex has seen, and that's La La Land. I think ah. out of the nine movies okay. nominated, I've heard pick a lot of right stuff one. about them, and most of these movies... Um, have been up for the awards and all the other uh, guilds for their awards, whether it be directors, producers, screenwriters, uh, you go to the Emmys, you go to BAFTAs. La La Land is sweeping everywhere. Uh, it's not sweeping all the acting categories, but for Best Picture, it's it's above and away taking most of them. So I think that it's going to take Best Picture as well. Hmm. I mean, I this movie... I related to it so much. Yeah. It's it's everything I wanted in a movie and more. I think for both of us on a personal level, we really... Because we went to see this with two of our friends, and they walked out of it, and they were like, we don't get it. And both of us were like, I felt all those feels. Well, I mean, I, I've seen this movie six times. <laughs> so I've seen it six times. Three yeah. times I've seen it by myself. And it's just to go and enjoy it. And I come out of it, and I'm just like, the soundtrack, the story... Yes. Everything makes me so inspired to try and be as creative as possible and yeah. just push towards my dreams and passions. And, and not that's give what up a, on things. Yeah, and that's what a movie does. Like yeah. that, A movie like that needs to do that, and it does it, and it hits home. And I just think that it's one of those movies that if you watch it in 20 years, it's going to be just as impactful. Because it's so timeless, yeah. too. The way that they've filmed it is so timeless. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I, I would, I, I've only seen one of the movies on that list, but. Yeah. Now, I do have one quip about the best pictures. No. And, yeah. And I think that they have nine on there, and I think that the tenth one that they should have added is Deadpool, just because it was on all the lists for the guilds, like the screenwriters, the uh, producers, the directors. It was all on there. So I thought that it would be a good nod to just how successful and great that – like, it, it was the highest-grossing R-rated movie ever. So the fact that it wasn't on here because it, it is it would be considered one of the best pictures of the year. Is it is it in the top five? Probably not mm. uh, on this list. However, 
I think that it was a pretty damn good movie. I thought it was a good movie, but I wouldn't have said it would have been, you know, up for best picture of the year. I think it was maybe in a slow year. See, I would rather It was a good movie. Going through I'm not this list, denying though, that it was a good movie, but I would never have been like, yeah, see, Deadpool for best picture of the year. No, I See, just... going through this list, there's I can recall five um no, six superhero movies coming out this year. And two of them are now going to be considered Oscar-nominated. And that's Doctor Strange and Suicide Squad. I would much rather hear Oscar-nominated Deadpool than Oscar-nominated yeah. Suicide, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was terrible. It was... The plot didn't even make sense. But Doctor Strange was really good. I haven't seen it, so I it can't say. Good, but I have seen Suicide Squad, and that was crap. And the fact that Suicide we're going to be Squad calling that Oscar-nominated, but we can't call Deadpool, is a travesty. Yeah. But I mean, it's all relative. <laughs> It's all relative. <laughs> anyway, so those are the main categories that we talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to hear about our opinions on any of the other categories, uh, just send us a comment. And we can reply before the Oscars so that we yes. can help you with your pools. Uh, but for now... Dylan can help you with your pools. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, uh, I'm just going to put a graphic on the screen so that you guys can see what our picks are for each of these categories. That way you don't have to go back and listen to us talk about it again. Because we're uh, boring. <laughs> but if you're listening to this on a podcast then I, you do have to listen back, so enjoy our voices again for a second mm. time. And back to the planned programming. It's the weekly picks. Our choices for what's worth or not worth your time based on what we invested our time in this week. So our valuable, valuable time. Yeah. We have so so little time to actually do this. Well, Alex does. I, I watched, <laughs> Honestly, I watched 41 episodes of TV this week. No, Alex, you didn't. 41. 41 episodes. Do you know how many episodes Anna's, I watched? How many? Three 20 minute uh, That 70s Show episodes and one episode of Jane the Virgin. So you watched four <laughs> episodes of TV and I watched 41 and then three movies. Yeah, wow. How, how, how? Okay. All right. So, Alex, what is your first pick? My first pick. Okay. So, Dylan's not going to like this, but my first pick is a series of unfortunate events. And I have some likes and some dislikes about this one. So, to preface, A Series of Unfortunate Events was one of my favorite series of books as a kid. I loved them. Um, And I loved most of the things about A Series of Unfortunate Events. Pretty pretty much all of them. The only dislike I have is Neil Patrick Harris. He's, okay. Again, to preface, I love Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. He is one of my favorite actors. He's funny he's dynamic you would never know he was gay in some tv series like barney like barney stinson which is one of my favorite characters of all time um but he didn't do a good count olaf because count olaf is when when i was a little kid i had nightmares about count olaf he was scary he was terrifying he was menacing he was selfish and horrible and awful but the TV series, it's talking about these awful, horrible events that are happening to these poor children. And yes, these poor children are going through awful, horrible events. And maybe it's because there are some crappy things happening in the world. And it, relative, relative to things that are happening now, it doesn't seem so awful. But he just doesn't seem like a really scary count. And he doesn't seem... it. it he, he just seems... Like, I want to laugh at him. He just seems ridiculous. So I... That part I don't love about the show, and I've only, again, I've only seen one episode mm-hmm. so far, but I'm just not loving his portrayal of Count Olaf. I've seen the whole season. 
And I will say that he is definitely over top, over the top the whole season. Um, I mean, he's the same as Jim Carrey, though. Jim Carrey was over the top with it, too. I think that A Series of Unfortunate Events is one of my favorite book series, too, growing up. It probably was all, it was probably third behind Harry Potter and uh, Magic Treehouse. I think those mm-hmm. two series were my favorite growing up, but then A Series of Unfortunate Events was great series and i was very excited when the movie came out there was no sequel it was, and it was horrible well the movie was it had terrible. good actors though yeah but the movie was so bad it didn't get, I mean, it tried to cram too many books into one movie yeah. and it missed so many of the really iconic parts out and it just it was too rushed well i mean i the fact that it has both billy Connolly and craig ferguson in the same movie like i love those scottish yeah. comedians so the fact that both of them are in it but then just... you put him on a pig and animate him and it just makes it awful <laughs> Poor Billy, Billy Connolly, I'm so sorry that happened to you. <laughs> so I think that in terms of this show, it definitely has a very Wes Anderson vibe in yeah. terms that it's very artsy. And that didn't bother me. The artsiness of it didn't bother me because it's kind of how the books were. They were quirky. They were weird. Well, I think... There was a lot of a lot of the narration was definitions of terms. So yeah. I think the narrator, and Dylan doesn't like the narrator, but I think the narrator does a very good gr- job. Thank you, Kronk. Okay. First <laughs> but, of all, I love Kronk. Kronk is a great character. Yes. He's one of the best sidekicks, as you can tell from one of my videos. However, um, Patrick Warburton, when I close my eyes, I hear Kronk sometimes, but I hear <laughs> Joe from Family Guy, and I can't deal with it sometimes. And so, But I think he does but a really... He is if good. you hadn't seen him as Joe in Family Guy or Kronk, yeah. I think he's the perfect However, guy for the role. I think I also... The art style is decent mm-hmm. because it's Wes Anderson. However, I think with a series of unfortunate events, because it's Wes Anderson-y, and it's like Grand Budapest Hotel and... Which uh, was amazing. And Royal Tenenbaums yeah. and stuff like that, you're getting the comical count olaf and what you want is the scary the frightening yeah count olaf. he's so, gotta be scary don't go wes anderson the whole story is supposed to be about these poor kids who are being traumatized by this horrible count olaf so and I'm he's not scary so how does that work don't go wes anderson go tim burton yes like i was thinking guillermo yes. del toro at first but go tim burton tim burton, tim burton yeah. is the way to go like with that. it it gets that dark twisty vibe you're getting like uh the new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you're getting that type of vibe in it. Uh, not so much the stop-motion animation like Coraline and Corpse's Bride and Nightmare Before mm-hmm. Christmas, but you're getting the other stuff. And I think that those t- like that type of dark and twisty for Count Olaf is how it works. And then you can still have the dark humor of the narrator in there. Yeah. So I'm going to give it another chance, and I'm going to keep watching it. But for now, it's a no for me. Yeah, it's I don't, I don't so think good. you're going to like the last episode Great. if you haven't liked it so far. Um... So my first pick of the week is uh, a TV show I've been binging. I've binged seven episodes. My family told me to watch it, like the first episode, and I watched the first, and then I watched six more. Uh, So I think it's only 13 episodes right now, hoping it has a second season, and that is No Tomorrow. Uh, So it's starring two actors who are not very well known. Uh, The female actress is from, well, I guess female actress is redundant, but she's Canadian, and the male lead is the lead from the musical fantasy show Gallivant, which if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. It's hilarious. It's uh, The soundtrack is made by the guys who did most of the Disney movies through like the 80s and 90s. So it's like Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and that stuff. So the music is really good. Uh, however, No Tomorrow, it's basically about this girl who 
has a mundane job she's very uh she's very closed off and very safe with her life and she meets this guy who is like this very adventurous bad boy and she's like i really want to date this guy then she finds out that he's a conspiracy theorist and thinks that the world's gonna end at eight months so conveniently the length of a show on tv so we all had bad dates (laughs) so and however this girl finds this guy very charming and Mm -hmm. so she wants to keep seeing him and they keep doing ridiculous stuff throughout the show that they're they have on their bucket lists to uh before the world ends and it just this girl's life is changed by meeting this guy and she becomes better for it because she's becoming like a fuller person she's becoming more adventurous and more extroverted and on top of it all the people around her are getting affected by not only her change but also meeting this guy and so i find that although it's super weird it's definitely one of those shows that once you start watching it you you just let it flip over on netflix and you're just like oh i'll watch another one i'll watch another one then netflix asks you are you sure you're still here so (laughs) should you go watch your walk your dog now yeah (laughs) have you ever gotten that one what was that was some video that people did and it was like you should go walk your dog now and it was like about cruelty damn but it was a joke it was like cruelty damn animals because you're like spending so much time watching netflix that you're not walking your poor little dog that's waiting in the corner (laughs) one that should come up is is the sun up so so you should be too (laughs) (laughs) oh no all right alex what's your second pick my second pick is okay so this is a tv show that i saw originally on netflix before it came out and i texted dylan and i was like we have to watch this i'm so excited this looks so good and i was so disappointed by it so um i'm i'm a bit of a bummer this week but um it's called santa clarita diet and it's with Drew Barrymore and who's the guy? Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. Okay. <laughs> um, and it is awkward. Clunky is the word that I would use for it. And it follows this family and Drew Barrymore is the wife. And she dies. We don't know how or when or why, but she dies. And then she comes back as a zombie. And then is really weird and goes from being like a an introvert to an extrovert and she wants to do all the things that she's never done in her life so the message is interesting and the storyline is interesting but the dialogue is clunky and unrealistic it doesn't make any sense like it's just sometimes when i sit down and i read a book or i watch a tv show or a movie and i'm I'm thinking this is never why would i ever say that line to somebody it doesn't nobody would say that in the history of ever to anybody that they were ever speaking to it's not normal it's not human it's not real (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember watching that and we we didn't even finish we didn't even finish it yeah we got we got like what 20 25 minutes in dylan literally ran out of my house (laughs) yeah my sister needs me i gotta go yeah (laughs) but really the show was just like slowly killing me but (laughs) yeah i mean the the dialogue was just so dry and seemed just so superficial there was no chemistry between the characters not even like a wife and and uh husband that secretly hated each other but didn't want to voice yeah. it no it's and, like when like, you're watching a comedy like this nothing. you you want them to have some like comedic chemistry so that they can uh, bounce jokes off each other you can't even do that in this show and the daughter was meant to be this edgy chick and she's just she doesn't come off as edgy awkward. she comes off as like this kind of edgy but more so like family values girl that's like still like she's edgy but she she's still so of dependent. your sister a little yeah yeah <laughs> but <clears throat> i think the best actor in the whole show so far is the weird other realtor who yells at the husband and then the the kid that lives next door the who's really awkward like and he's totally Fillion? 
yes i think yes yeah and he and the kid next door is like in love with the daughter and i thought the daughter of the zombie mom um and he's probably like one of the better actors and you see those two actors for about five seconds yeah. throughout the whole first episode so yeah i don't know i think that this uh it's i'll give no it i'll me. give it two more episodes just to kind of because i've heard good things about it and it's, there's it has been a like lot a high, of good reviews yeah but like it its rating is hasn't... at least a 4.5 but yeah i just it it seemed so weird and i have so many shows going on right now as i said i've w- watched copious amount of tv this week yeah. but um eventually when it dies down in the summer i might take the time for it or i might binge watch like the. West i'm gonna Wing try and finish it next week <laughs> So I will next week, I will let you know how horrible or not horrible Santa Clarita diet is. Okay. And so my second pick is a two-parter and it's a mo- It's two movies of the three that I watched this oh, week. No. <laughs> and don't worry, I'm going to try and avoid spoilers. And that's John Wick 1 and Chapter 2. Oh my God. How did I not watch the first one? As, wow, how like, did I know that you liked this film? Oh, yeah. maybe because you told me 85 times this week. <laughs> yeah, it's. I watched the first one, and then 12 hours later, I watched chapter two. Um, it was it was so good, I want more chapters. Uh, Keanu Reeves is playing the role he's meant to play. Um, it's one of those movies that you go into it, and you don't care about the story. You care about how many guys is this character going to kill by the end of the movie, and how is he going to kill them? And uh, I just want to say again as a preface or not as a preface as a as a reiteration for one of our earlier episodes that keanu reeves just has no bad movies he's just so good yeah in everything i, I honestly can't think of a bad movie i mean i was i was making <laughs> one of my one of my upcoming videos actually has to do with keanu reeves and mm. it was very hard to and pinpoint and everything i couldn't pinpoint like a terrible movie like there's there's some movies that are like eh, but like his performance in the movie is good so i can't yeah. really yeah but I think uh, John Wick is probably his best character. I think it's better than Neo. Um, and I think that this movie, if you like movies like Shoot 'Em Up or the Transporter series or uh, the Bourne series where it's just nonstop gory action and like gun-fu, this, these are the movies for you. And I love action thrillers like this. So I'm recommending both these movies. Binge watch them both. Go see them. Make sure that this movie makes more money so we get chapters 3 through 12 <laughs> We don't. We don't need more Transformers. Well, we need more that's John Wick. Yes, he he doesn't age. He wait, can play this character till he's wait. eighty. You don't want more Transformers? Oh God, no! Kill it. Dumpster <laughs> fire. Dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. Trans Transformers is on the list of no. It doesn't need to be made. So one of my friends has this wonderful podcast, and they talked about what were they talking about? They were talking about Marky Mark. So they were talking about oh. what if Transformers. <laughs> was um Shia LaBeouf but he's playing Marky Mark's character from Transformers so Shia LaBeouf comes back and he plays Marky Mark's character from Transformers and apparently they'd all go see that movie I would see the movie where they take the next reel of Transformers put it on a stage in front of the movie screen and then burn Light it, it on in front fire. of me. yep that I would watch that I would pay money to watch that <laughs> As long as it's starring Shia LaBeouf and Marky Mark, I will burn it. Do we light them on fire as well? No. Like uh, Salem Witch no. Trials? No. Sort of thing? We give oh. them a pass. Michael Bay, maybe. But they have to be forced to watch it. Yeah. Watch watch the burning. It'll be a live stream <laughs> for a, Shia LaBeouf. A four-year live four stream. Four-year live stream. Oh, okay. that, that thing. Anyways, uh, so 
this week I had technically three picks, although I'm going to count two as one pick because, I mean, they, they were the same. Yeah, but I, I thought these two things were great out of the copious amounts of TV that I watched, and Alex was doom and gloom this week. I'm so and sorry. She, I just She watched watch nothing, and so everything she watched was shit. Other than Jane the Virgin, so, again, because that yeah. film, that And, that and you don't want to talk so about good. it every week. No, I can't. No, you can't. But I would if I could, but oh, I can't. Well, I would do that about many shows. There are many shows I wa- talk about weekly, like Walking Dead, Suits. Yes. The Royals. People watch The Royals. Keep that on the air. That is a great show. It's about the British monarchy, but like a fictitious one. Oh, Ooh. so good. So good. Yeah, the main star in it is um one of the brothers from the Narnia movies. Really? Yeah, I think Peter. Huh? Is he the baby looking one? No, he's, or the, the, he's old... the oldest one. So good. Hmm. Anyways, uh... That's it for our weekly picks. Now, Alex, will you take it away for the final segment? Yes. Um, So here we are now at the audience participation part of our show. (laughs) So um, this is the part of the show where you get to join us in watching something good, bad, or ugly. Um, So we will then discuss that movie during the next podcast. So this is, we've aptly named this um, section of our show, Netflix roulette. Yes, so we had a little bit of a problem this week with, we <laughs> with Netflix roulette. Um, the the website that we use uh, uses American Netflix, and mm. we have Canadian Netflix. And so the movie My Baby Daddy was not on Canadian Netflix. Which I was really disappointed about. Yeah. That looked really funny. I yeah. was so psyched to watch it. and then So we opted to type in My Baby's Daddy on Canadian Netflix and find yes. the top pick for the most, like, the similar titles. Yeah. And so the movie that came up is White Chicks. Now, we did watch this movie, and we're going to preface that from now on, if that happens when we do Netflix Roulette, that is how we're going to decide on the movie. And if the movie doesn't appear on Netflix at all, we're going to search up on various websites and find out what movies are similar or related to yada, 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 whatever. So, anyways, White Chicks. White Chicks. Yes. (laughs) So, I've seen this movie before, and I really liked it. I have not seen it. It's one of those movies (laughs) that... Would not be made again now. <laughs> yes. It's just not. Oh would, my no, God. It wouldn't be okay. Culturally appropriate. No. Yeah. But it's so funny. And Terry Crews in it is hysterical. Um, he kills me every time. That man is just so funny and beautiful. <laughs> so him singing A Thousand Miles in the Car oh is God. probably one of my favorite scenes from any movie. <laughs> I use that meme so much. I'm like... Yeah. I... I had never seen this movie, and I was quite surprised by it. Yeah. I, it's one of those movies, it's just like last week when we watched Coming to America. It's one of those movies that definitely would never be made now, no. but it's so good when you watch it, like the jokes and everything. And those actors are actors that you mm-hmm. that you love. Like Terry Crews is on Brooklyn Nine-Nine now, and he's phenomenal. He's Kills so funny. And like Terry last loves week, yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> and so we got... We got that. We got Terry Crews in this. And then yeah. uh, there was a supporting cast that I didn't expect to see, like Jennifer Carpenter from Dexter, Busy Phillips, who was in Freaks and Geeks in Cougar Town. And so seeing them in this was just icing on top of the cake. And it's kind of refreshing to watch those older movies where nobody was worried about what... No, this is... Okay. Prefacing this with, um, I'm not okay with people who... Um, make comments that make anybody else feel uncomfortable. But it's kind of nice to see, like, a bunch of actors just say whatever. And, and it, it just seems very unrestricted and very um, out-there comedy, and you feel free laughing at it. And everybody's kind of making fun of each other. 
all on an equal playing field. Everybody's just making jokes and everybody's okay with it. And there were some really funny moments in the changing room that really got me. They get me every time, but when she's talking, she's like, whatever, um, uh, Oh, who said that? It's the talking Tommy. <laughs> that's, that's me in every freaking change room ever. So those jokes kill me. I love those. Yeah, I think Jennifer Carpenter had more. She was so funny. She, she had more range in that scene than she had in any season of Dexter. Or maybe all seasons of Dexter. I, I mean, she's a good actress. And I saw her on like Limitless. Great, great rendition of the movie with Bradley Cooper. But yeah. um yeah, Dexter, she just didn't have the same range. She was just very monotone-ish. But in this movie, she was hilarious. So funny. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I would definitely rewatch it again if it was on TV. It was yeah. it was very funny. It's um, a funny movie. And I'm disappointed that it only had a 3.6. Yeah, so I'm if surprised. anybody's watching this, go on Netflix right now, rate it up, give it a 5 so it gets to a 4. <laughs> yeah. But we want it at a 4. Should be at a 4. Yeah. Give Terry a 4. Give Terry a 4 and some yogurt. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, now, Alex. Yes. Shall we pick oh, the next okay. movie? Okay, so picking the next movie, we are spinning. Oh, <laughs> what is this? Okay, so it has a three point eight on Netflix. Ooh. It is called Magi. M A G I. Um, a land of mysterious ruins and magical treasure hunt await young Aladdin and his curious friend Al- Alibaba for the adventure of their lives. Does it star anyone we know? No. <laughs> oh, um, Kaori Ishiara, Erica Mendez, Yuki Kaji, Eric Scott King. Nope. I'm I'm just gonna stop because I don't know any of these people. I don't think. Is it English? No. Uh, it doesn't say where it's from, but it looks like a Japanese anime. But I'm not sure. Ooh. So hopefully so there's subtitles. Good. Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> it's and got a three point eight. So yeah, and if it doesn't come up, well, we're just gonna find the next best thing. So Magi, the Labyrinth of Magic. All right, so this will be along the banner at the bottom. It'll be in the description, and you guys can join us. We'll decide on when we're gonna watch it and let you know. Uh, probably the same day we put out this podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that, I think I think we're done. Are we I, done? I think we talked about we everything. Have nothing yeah. left to say. Yeah, we went through everything. Thank God for everybody else. Yeah, now we can finally <laughs> get out of those fancy clothes. Uh, can I put on sweatpants? Always sweatpants. I'm a princess, but pants. <laughs> this is a family show, Alex. This is a family show. That's why I didn't say it. You can bleep me out. Yeah. So I'm going to plug this. Uh, I talked about John Wick 2. Go see it and then watch my review. That film. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so if you can't tell from it, I probably give it a great review. Um, but if you want to talk spoilers and talk about it, I would love to talk to you guys in the comments about it. I'm going to be posting about uh, what movies are similar to it if you want to see those too. And there's possibly a character spotlight or rather uh, an actor spotlight on maybe one of the stars from that movie coming out mm-hmm. soon. Is it Keanu? Maybe. And it's okay. not the cat from the Key and Peele movie. <laughs> so if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to discuss on our podcast, please feel free to email us at thefanaticpodcast at gmail.ca or on any of our social media platforms. Yes, yeah, so that is Film Fanatic Show. That is on Facebook, yep. Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, yep. and Tumblr now. It is. Yeah. 
and don't don't forget we do live tweet and live blog. It's yes. not just a live tweet, it's a live blog as well. So if Ooh. you have Tumblr, join us on there because you know, you can get a little bit more rowdy on there. You can. I was very I was doing the Twitter last week and I was like, Oh, I can't say that. I can't say I mean, Oh, and I was just taking it's it. white chicks. What am I supposed to yeah, say? Yeah, and I was just dishing it. <laughs> so if you want to see what we talked about for that, head on over there and you can see it. Anyways, now that we're done, I'm Dylan Phillips. And I'm Alex Hicks, and this has been the Fanatic Podcast. So until next time, Fanatics. Keep it real.